Hello and welcome to the Events Podcast, where we help you build your events empire by building profitable events while having fun at the same time. So we've had a bit of a break over the summer, really since the start of the year, you know. I was really busy with my company Apps Events during the pandemic. Uh, I talked about that on the last call with James. You know, we, we transitioned to doing a lot of work for Google, running a lot of online events, doing different stuff. Um, so I was just really busy, but I've really missed doing the events podcast and we're still getting great views. We're actually a top 10% of all podcasts in the world still, which is amazing as it's a very niche thing. But I want to say a couple of things. Firstly, if you enjoy the podcast, please get in touch with me. Like uh, most people don't give me any feedback and, and getting feedback really encourages me to make more episodes. Just email me at dan at appsevents.com, D-A-N at appsevents.com. Even better, if you can give us a review, uh, anywhere you listen to the podcast, please stop right now in iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, wherever you are, and please leave us a review if possible, five stars, of course, would be great. Back to the podcast. So we, we really focus on helping event entrepreneurs run amazing events, and that could be people who run events companies, but also just as many people, maybe more, are entrepreneurs who just run events as part of their business. You, know, you might run events to promote something else, you might run meetups, you might run one big conference a year. This is the kind of people I want to help, you know, because I, I run events myself. So, you know, this podcast is kind of like therapy for me where I get help and assistance on how to run the event. So please, again, leave some feedback. Uh, and secondly, obviously there's a lot of costs associating with this podcast. I've got two people who help me out with editing and graphics and everything else. So if you're a sponsor, possibly you're a software company who um, sells to the event industry, then and you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, like I said, it's a top 10% podcast, please get in touch. Uh, we'd love to talk to you, danapsevents.com, and it'd be great to talk. So thank you very much. Uh, and now on to the interview. Look, welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm really happy to have Kevin Koskela on the podcast. I was actually on Kevin's podcast, must have been like three or four, maybe four years ago at this point, called Freedom Loving Podcast. Really cool podcast. Also, Kevin's an entrepreneur. Uh, and I want to talk a bit about, you know, working online and multiple streams of income, all the interesting stuff. So, Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, great to be here. And I can't believe that was four years ago. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it must be. It must be. But before we recorded, we were just talking about podcasting. And um, I know you, you, you've got a podcast as well. We've both taken breaks, I think, and, and come back again. I mean, what, what do you find, like, how do you find a podcast, like, as, as a tool for, like, connecting with people? Like, I'm curious, like, do, do you, how often do you get, like, contacted by people that listen to the podcast? And what sort of, you know, what sort of interactions do you get from it? Well, historically with my podcast, um, that's what the, the main thing that I've gotten out of it is the connections. Yeah. And um, I did, I did the, I started the podcast like back in like 20, I think 13. And I was, I was doing um, a lot of interview shows and a lot of, and then some show, some solo shows, but um, it wasn't so much that I necessarily was, was at, like the guests that I had that I was connected with, but people would once I'll reach out to me. And I ended up making friends with some people that lived in different parts of the world. And um, that was really interesting uh, because one, uh, one guy that reached out to me, he was in Brazil and he said, oh, I love your show and I want to, and I'm in college in university and I want to do something in digital marketing and I love freedom and, and all this kind of thing. And I, um, so I ended up having a chat with him and hired him uh, to do some admin work for me. And then later, fast forward uh, a couple more years, and we partnered up on uh, my current business. And so well, that would have never happened if uh, I didn't do the podcast. So. 
Yeah, I've definitely made some great connections through it as well. I mean, you know, it's weird because like, I mean, this podcast, I don't know if you look on, on listeners, this podcast is apparently one of the top 10% of all podcasts, which I find like staggering. I have no idea how that is possibly true, you know, mm-hmm. but someone says it is, you know, so like, and I, I, I get contacted all the time, like every week someone will send me, almost every week, sometimes I get a few, sometimes nothing, but you know, it's, it's good to, to hear from people, you know, like. A lot of emails are just people pitching guests. There's, there's a whole industry now of PR people pitching guests for yeah. podcasts, which is kind of annoying. But um, but I, I like it. Like I think it's if if you like podcasts, I mean I, I'm probably like you. I, I just listen to podcasts all the time. You know, yeah. like AirPods on all the time. So I just for me it's a great medium, and I, I like doing it. You know, and I think I'll it's in, but it changes because this podcast is, is the events podcast, and you know when I started it we had this uh, we had a SaaS we had an events ticketing system as like a side project. And this was podcast was to promote the, the SaaS, you know, but then we sold it, not not for much money, but we did sell it. And and then it's like, well, what's the point of this podcast? So I've kind of, even though it's the events podcast, and then we talk about people running events, I've got much more into just what I'm interested in, like talking to people like you about entrepreneurship and stuff like that, because it's like, I don't have a something to sell from this podcast. So, so I can just talk to whoever I want, you know, and if people don't listen to it, then it's not a big deal for me. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me very much. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's exactly how I am. I'm 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 doing it because I like to do it. And if I f- start feeling that pressure, like oh, I've got to get another one out this week, then uh, that's not good. I, I need to take a break. It is, you know, I do this every two weeks, and it still is a pressure because, like, you know, it's it's easy to it's easy to fall behind. Yeah. You know, now I've got I've got a few a few episodes coming up, but then it's easy to miss you. You do a few things for a few weeks. Um, but look, I want to talk about your entrepreneurial journey. Um, because it's really interesting to me. Because last time I spoke, I think you had the, the a triathlon um, training uh, site, and I know you've got a, a WordPress site. I don't know if you've still got the original one, but well, like, how did you? Because for me, like, I ever since I read the Four Hour Workweek, I've been I love like making money online, businesses that can be semi-automated, businesses you can outsource things, businesses that you know can give you multiple streams of income, and and you you're you're someone that seems to be doing that, which which is which is great, like. I mean, uh, how did it all get started? You know, and would you say that's fair? Like, are you someone? Do you, are you are you living a four-hour workweek life, pretty much? <laughs> Not exactly, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. For me, I was. I just. I was. Uh, I became unemployable, so I. Uh, yeah. I just decided that I, I. There was nowhere else to turn but to to have some sort of business that I didn't have to have. You know, a boss, and that, that was yeah. the only way that I could see moving forward. You know, after I read the Rich Dad Poor Dad and all that, I was like, yeah, this is this is the way I need to go. And, and what um, was your job like? What did you do in, in the last time you had a job? Oh, it was a long time ago. Uh, I was working at a software company and um, it, I was living that, uh, you know, that movie Office Space. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I, I was that guy. <laughs> I, was yeah, like, yeah. I never I never enjoyed the, the cubicle lifestyle at all. I, I, I kind of almost, um, yeah, I almost kind of like made it into like a joke. I mean, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom that I was doing that, like sitting in a cubicle and reporting to a boss and I, I really had a tough time with you know and i was in silicon valley and there was there's a lot of micromanagers there and uh, yeah. i had a couple of those bosses and it was like oof, that, that that did not work for me at all so yeah i ended up just you know i would do things like that like the guy in the movie where i, I actually did take apart my cubicle one time and the, the yeah. whole thing like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. nice 
And then how did you start thinking about entrepreneurship? Like how did you, did you have a side hustle or did you just leave cold Turkey or what, what, um, how did you handle the move? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I got laid off and, um, I, I, I immediately thought, well, I'll just interview, I'll get another job. Cause I was in Silicon Valley and it was like, everything was booming. And I was like, I'll just get another job. And as I started to go out on interviews, I realized how much I hated all of it. <laughs> like I just, yeah. I couldn't see myself. I go into this interview and I, I, I go into some big corporate, some building, and I'm like, I just can't see myself doing this. It just doesn't, doesn't feel right. So as I was doing those interviews, I started to, um, I, was, I was working at uh, the YMCA, the local YMCA as a swim coach, and I had been a competitive swimmer. So I always thought, you know, I could do some coaching, but never really gave myself the opportunity to do it because I thought I was too busy with, with other work. But then I had that opportunity. So I started coaching a little bit and, and it was fun and, you know, it didn't pay anything, but it was fun. And um, so as I was doing that, I was like, well, maybe I could do some kind of business with this. I don't know. Like, and, and I started learning about internet marketing. That's what we called it way back then. It was like, it wasn't digital marketing, it was internet marketing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I started taking, I took a course on it. I had, there was like a, like an online course on how to build an internet business. And I just sort of was like, well, I, I know swimming really well. And there's a lot of people that are triathletes that are in my groups that I was, that I was coaching. And I thought, well, maybe there's a, there's a niche there of like triathletes looking for swimming help. So I started doing a lot of research on that. And then uh, I learned how to, how to just set up a web page and, and get a, a basic um, opt-in form on a, on a site. So I just did that like step-by-step. Step. It took me a few months and then had that up. And then I, you know, just kind of came up with this name, Try Swim Coach. And, and I was doing, so I was doing kind of that and this and that. And I was, I was training people. I was doing personal training and I had a whole bunch of jobs and, um, I just kept going with this. And then, and then at, at some point, Trisum Coach started actually making money. And I was like, oh, I can make money, you know, when I'm not there. And I thought that was amazing. So that's kind of how I got started with it. What, um, so how, what, what were your first customers? Like? How did you get your first customers? And like, how was it like, can you remember when you finally got the first kind of PayPal notification that you actually got some money coming in? Yeah, it was, it, I remember it very clearly because I, uh, I put up the website and I put up the, um, the buy, I put the buy button on the PayPal button and I was selling a guide. It was like a, it was like a, a just a, a bunch of workouts, like swim workouts. And I, and I had, it was a PDF file with really no design. It was just a blank PDF file with, uh, some workouts on it. And I was selling it for $15 and I put the page up, I got everything up and then I was taking a trip to Europe and I lent, I, I took the, you know, the, the, 10 hour flight and got there and I hadn't checked my email. And back then I wasn't really checking email like necessarily every day. So, and I didn't think I would, you know, have any reason to check my email. I was like, whatever. Yeah. And so I, I get there and a couple days go by and I'm like, Oh, I should check my email. So I went down to the bulldog cafe in, um, in Amsterdam and I, I, I paid the money to get on the computer there. And I had like all these emails from basically from one guy that bought my, my guide. And he couldn't download it because I didn't set it up right. So I had no, I had no clue. Like, and he's like angry and I'm like, oh shit, like I screwed this whole thing up and I was, I was sweating and I was like, you know, but, but I, I, I eventually fixed that problem. And then I was like, wow, I made a, I made a sale when I was flying over the ocean and I wasn't even there. And even though it didn't work, I made the sale. And so that was, that was kind of my entry into the, the whole online marketing thing. Fantastic. So, so you were selling guides and is that, did it branch out or was that, what did the business become after that? Yeah. Then I turned that into an ebook and back then ebooks were like the thing and I I was able to raise the price so I could sell it for more. And I included all these other things with it. And, and then eventually I turned that into a DVD and we had a, um, I had a DVD 
Um, and then we could sell the DVD with the book and had this whole uh, product. And then that turned into a membership site. So had a whole uh, membership site and then I could charge more money. So that, yeah, eventually that was a business. So I was like, it wasn't just a side hustle. It was actually my main business for a long time. And you, and you were at the time you were making money to get it started by doing coaching, like the, the coaching, swimming and things. Was that yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly. I never had coached before, so I didn't have a name. I, nobody knew who I was or anything like that. So I had to like really gain a lot of experience doing live coaching and I did lessons. I did private lessons and group coaching and I did clinics and all these things. And that's how I learned enough to be able to write the book because I couldn't just write the book and say, Oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm this guy that is famous and I hadn't coached anybody, you know, I'd never yeah, yeah. anything like that. I swam in a division two, uh, college and, you know, not nothing, um, uh, earth shatteringly, uh, um, amazing. So I, anyway, I, I, I had to, I had to do it through just, you know, learning as I go and then taking a concept that I learned, uh, with like a student and then putting it in my book and, and things like that. And what you mentioned clinics, obviously this is a good, good to have some events angle as this is the events podcast, but so you're running these clinics, like, were you getting multiple people together for a swimming training session or was it just one-on-one? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did, uh, the, the group clinic. So, um, yeah, I had to go and, uh, I mean, there were times where I was putting up signs around town, like swim clinic and, uh, I, you know, just, just getting people in and, and had to reserve like pool time and, and all that. I did, I did a lot of clinics actually. I did. So that was old school, like local marketing, going to different swimming pools, putting a sign up saying, come to this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Craigslist. I mean, I did everything, all the, the old school ways and, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. But I mean, you can make, I mean, you can make quite good money from these kind of events, especially sporting events. If it's, especially if it's a sport that people with disposable income yeah. do, you know? Yeah. And I, I sort of, oh, go ahead. No, 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 Karen, Karen. I, yeah, I sort of learned that as I went. I mean, when I first started, I wasn't charging that much. And then I realized I'm like, oh, I could charge a lot more. And so I, I started charging more and more and more until like with the private lessons, uh, I remember I got to a point where I had just one guy and um, he was paying like, I think at that time, I think it was like $80 a lesson, which now it's, that's probably, you know, that's equivalent to like $120 or something. But yeah, but, uh, but yeah, then I was like, okay, I have one guy left and and that's fine. Like that's the, I was like, I priced myself out to the, to, to the most I could charge. And the same thing with the clinics is like, I just kept raising it. And then I got to the point where I was doing like, I think it was like once a month, I would do a clinic and it would be like, you know, we get 10 or 15 people paying a certain amount. And yeah, it, it's, it's, it's pretty good, but it's, you know, those things are a lot of work and I'm not really a fan of doing a lot of work. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I wanted the more passive uh, income. Yeah, it's funny because you know I've had I've had various coaches. I mean, I've I've, I've got quite into squash a couple of years ago, and I, I play golf. I, I play golf a lot, and I have, I have a coach at Prague. And you know, the golf coaches, uh, what is it like? I mean, it's over a hundred dollars an hour, and that's in, in Czech Republic, you know, which is is normally a much cheaper place than America. Right. And, you know, so the, my golf coach, I mean, he, he makes good money by Czech standards. You know, I mean, in the summer, you know, he well, it's long days, and he'll be out there doing lessons at six, seven in the morning, all the way through to the evening, you know, and then yeah. not work as much in the winter. But um, I, I met one golf coach who, who was, um, you know, he just he just takes three months off in the winter and just go traveling and surfing and doing all this stuff. So, yeah. like, you can make good money just just being a straight sports coach. You know, there's, there's definitely plenty. If that's what you want to do, I mean, I, I was a snowboard instructor. You know, but unfortunately, that's not a high paying. Job. It's a very low paying yeah. job. You know, there's a lot of instructors, and you know, even though there's a lot of jobs available, there's, unless I mean, there's a few people making good money. You know, 
you know, you maybe you could make a course, but there's not, there's not much income in it. But other sports, like you can make good money as a coach. I get, I'm sure as a swim coach now, a triathlon coach, you can make good money. Yeah, you know, it's it's good money, but of course you're trading your time. You know, if you're doing it live, just, you're trading a lot of time. And and most of them, uh, you know, it's just kind of like anything else. It's like most of the coaches, uh, like either whether it's a triathlon coach or a swim coach or just like a health coach, um, the vast majority of them aren't making much. You know, no. and they're just struggling along and they're most of the time it's like a side thing and trying to get it going. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, unless you do it just like, I'm just going to book in every hour. I'm going to book in the whole day of, uh, you know, and then it's just, you can make a hundred dollars an hour, you know, which is like, you know, for a lot yeah. of people, it's, it's quite a good income. Sure. But what, um, so what, what is the site now? Is it, is it, it's a community. That, that's how it ended up. Is it? It's a, it's a triathlon community. Is that the main, the main thing? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's basically it. And, and there's a membership site and, um, you know, I, I took, uh, when COVID started, I, um, I basically put the whole thing on the back burner and I have yet to go back to it. So it's, it's there, it's still there, but I don't run it. I don't manage it. I don't put, I really don't spend any time. What does it make? I mean, like, what, can I, can we get, uh, you don't have to tell me numbers, but like to get a feeling, I mean, do, do you make like hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of this? Like, is, is it a, just, is it something that makes you in the income still? Not anymore. No, I don't make money no. on it. I mean, there, yeah, we do. I do make a few, uh, say, like a sale here and there. Um, yeah, yeah, but I don't yeah. support it. So I feel almost feel bad because I mean, they do get access to the membership, but I'm not involved with it. So I, there isn't, you know, really any coaching other than what's in the membership. So, so yeah, right is now, there whole, is, there whole, is there a whole discussion community taking place without you being even involved? No, in no, we, we had yeah. a, we had a Facebook group. I mean, we still have the Facebook group, but that sort of died out um, when COVID hit too, because I, I was sort of leading it and then I stopped yeah, all yeah. the other leading it. So, so that, that, that actually died out and um, no, there's no, there's no real group left. It's um, it's kind of an abandoned project at this point. But it's good like that. I mean, at least it's something, you know, it's still running. You could put time into it and make money from it if you wanted to, which is good. Yeah. 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 I could, I could go back to it, but the problem was, you know, for me that it was like, I wasn't, um, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't a triathlete. I, I didn't do triathlons. So I wasn't in the community in that way. And so there was a few years where I was like, you know, I kind of want to get out of this, but it's just something that I know how to do. I know how to you know, run this and yeah. um, it makes me money. And, uh, and, and I was off and on, I was doing competitive swimming, even, you know, as an adult, um, I've done, I've done various things with swimming, but then I started, you know, at the end of 2019, I was kind of done with swimming for a while. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't really feeling like something I want to pursue. So I put, I started to look at selling it um, in December of 2019. I was like, I, I need to just sell this and move on because it's not really what I want to do. And I was talking to the, um, the Empire Flippers and, and all that. We, we had you know, already got, made some progress and then COVID hit and it was like, there's no way I'm gonna, you know, all events were canceled. Everything was canceled. So then I, that's when I just said, I'm just gonna put this on the back burner. I'm not, I'm not gonna try to sell it or, or do anything with it. And, and how did you transition to your current project? Or was there anything else in between? And, and do you want to let us know what it is? Because I don't know much about it, but the website yeah. looks pretty cool. Do you want to explain what it is and how, how yeah. you got into it? Yeah, for sure. So when I was building Trisome Coach, I, one of my struggles was um, always finding developers and designers. So I, I was like, that was, that was a struggle all the way through. I always had to hire people, you know, find them on, on uh, Fiverr or Upwork or somewhere. And... Um, it seemed like I had someone for a while and then they would disappear or it just nothing it was never smooth. So I thought I want to start like kind of like an agency that does development, you know, WordPress development and design. And so I started that in 2017. And um, the first version of that, it, it's called Work Hero and the site is useworkhero.com. 
And the first version, um, it was design and development. And um, the first few months were pretty tough because I didn't have a, a great plan. It was just kind of like, I think I'll just put it out there and see if I can get some, some customers. And then yeah. uh, eventually, you know, through networking and things like that, we started getting customers. And, uh, but along the way, what was happening was it just felt like too much. Like it was, we were trying to do too many things. I was hiring designers and developers and it was tough to manage. And the design aspect of it was like really not, it was not something that I enjoyed at all, like managing. And where, where were, you, were you finding the designers just from Upwork? Were you, were you taking them on like on a full-time basis or were you just paying for their hours as you got more work? Yeah, yeah, we did both. I mean, um, we had my partner's sister was a designer, so we hired her. That was our first designer. And um, she was pretty much our full-time person. And then we, we started getting busier and then we hired another one from Upwork. And, um, but it, it just, it just really wasn't, it was really fun. You know, when I think back on it, it was fun to start that business and to get everything going. I really enjoyed that. And then we were, you know, building our systems and all that. But then, um, yeah, eventually the design just became like this burden and the development part, I think we were, we were making progress and getting better at and But the, the design was just like this, yeah, it was just this burden that I just didn't enjoy. And then I went to DCBKK in, uh, 2019 and I was talking yeah. to somebody there and he's like, and I was just telling him all my problems and he's like, why don't you just do the, this WordPress development? Like, why do you have to do design? I'm like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. So yeah. we, we dropped the, we dropped all the design. We just completely switched the entire business. We redid the website. Um, we basically lost all the customers that we had because they were, you know, some of them were doing design, but we kept one. So we had one customer in December, 2019, and then we just built it from there and we just focused and it was so much better. Like instantly, like as soon as we made this switch, it was like this instant, like, this is the business that we should be doing. So, and you do like, and you decided to do like, you pay a monthly fee and you get unlimited yeah. or, or certain unlimited tasks, like development tasks. Yeah. So it's a productized service. So it's a, it's a monthly subscription and we have different levels depending on, you know, how much time the, the customer needs. So, um, we started with just working with like coaches and, uh, solo businesses, solo entrepreneurs and. Uh, that was a great start because we, we were able to get a lot of customers um, pretty quickly when we made that transition. Eventually, we, we got a, a customer that was an agency, a, a marketing agency, and they were uh, by far our best customer. Like they, they were able to, um, it, it was much easier to work with them. And so we started yeah. thinking, well, maybe that's a better customer than these the solo um, businesses. And it turns out that was, that was the case. And we could charge more money um, and have a better, uh, just kind of gear or what we do for agencies that have multiple clients that, you know, that they can do white label, they can, you can use this in many yeah, yeah. different ways. Interesting. Um, so, you know, our, our website's WordPress and I, I like, I'm, I'm looking now, we want to redo our site and I'm, I'm looking at some services with designers because here's the thing, like we need some changes in development to our website. We're always moving things around menus, nothing crazy, but we're always making changes. But yeah. we also need design, you know, so it is, I can see why there's a need for it, you know, like, yeah. um, but then what, why is design harder for development? Because surely if you're doing a monthly fee, yeah. people need unlimited revisions, they pay for them. It doesn't, does it matter if you, you're constantly changing it, but as long as they're paying for it, why does it matter? Like, or is it just design so personal that everyone gets, everyone gets pissed off because they don't like your designs or yeah. what was the problem? With exactly. The back and forth, the, the, the finding designers. I wasn't really good at hiring designers apparently <laughs> because, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the, the one that I actually hired, the, the one after the first one, um, didn't really work out and there was a lot of problems there. And that was where I was like, I don't just say it's problem after problem after problem. And, uh, yeah, the, 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 everyone's got their own taste with design. 
I just didn't think it was our forte. I think, I think we were, you know, we, we understood the development side. We just didn't really have a good grasp on the, on the design, even though that was, I thought, well, you know, that's where I struggled. So I thought, you know, that should be where I understand what, you know, what business owners need, but yeah, I don't know. Those guys, there's, you know, what is it? Many pixels and uh, uh, design yeah. pickle. And I, 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 it's amazing what they've done. I mean, they're, it's, I, I don't know how they did it. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned DCBKK. That's the conference we're both in this entrepreneurs group called the DC. But Design Puckle is, he's Russ. I think he's in the DC as well, isn't he? Who does that? Yeah, he, he was, I don't know if he still is, but uh, he wrote some posts like early on and they were pretty, pretty helpful with us starting our business. Like just talking about how he got his initial start. And um, yeah, there's some interest, it's an interesting story. Yeah. So, so you mentioned we like who, uh, did you get into business with a partner and why did that come about? And yeah. Is it a good idea? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's a good question. So by my partner, so uh, we uh, met, uh, I mentioned earlier that I, when I was doing my podcast and I met this guy from Brazil and at the time he was a college kid and um, we were just talking, he was doing some admin work for me. Um, we really hit it off. We have the same philosophy. You know, he's a libertarian. He's like um, interested in, in, you know, uh, improving the world and things like that. And uh, so, uh, for a while we, so he did some admin work for me for Trisum coach. And then, um, we weren't, you know, I didn't really hear from him much for a while, but then I, I reached out to him when I had this idea to start uh, work hero. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm starting this new business and I, I could actually use some help. And I think you'd be a, a good person to, you know, sort of be our admin and, and set things up and, you know, help with SOPs and things like that. And he wrote back and he said, I'm not only interested in this, I want to be your partner. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's crazy. Like, I never even thought, I didn't, first of all, I hadn't thought about having a partner. Secondly, I hadn't, I, I thought he was too young. I was like, he's yeah. like 24 years old and he was in college like two years ago. Like, this is, this doesn't seem like the right thing. But I was like, I'm willing to talk. Like, I'll talk, let's talk, you know? And so we had a conversation and um, he gave me a lot of ideas about what he could do besides just, you know, admin work. And I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. I didn't think about it too much. I just kind of went with my gut. I'm like, yeah, it seems kind of crazy. You know, he's I, we've never met. Uh, he's in Brazil. English is not his first language. He learned English just two years prior to, to us meeting. So um, it, it was kind of crazy, but I felt like this. It just felt right. And so yeah. yeah so it, in some ways, it worked out. Uh, in some ways, it was a huge challenge, like early on, but. But we've kind of ironed out a lot of the kinks, and now you know we've been partners for four years, I guess, and um, and it's and it's and it's overall it's been amazing. I mean, it's been absolutely amazing. So, but you asked, oh no, carry, carry on, carry on. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you were asking about is it a good idea to have a partner? I'd say yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. A terrible idea. It's like they it's never work. Yeah. It almost never works out. Like partnerships yeah, are like yeah. marriages. You know, it's like it's just probably not going to work out, but. But this one, sure. I think because we, you know, over the course of working together, we became, you know, pretty good friends. And, um, and, and the fact that I don't, you know, I don't care what his age is. It's like, it's just more about how we're working together, how much he's contributing. I mean, these are, there's a lot of other factors. So I don't worry about, I, I didn't, after the first, you know, few months, I wasn't worried about how old he was. So it just sort of, um, yeah, it sort of worked out. And, and he, you know, he continued to improve on his English and continued to uh, develop new skills. And so, you know, it's kind of like we've grown together. So, yeah. And how quickly did it, did it get to the point where you actually sustain, like making a living, you know, enough money to support yourself and yeah. business? Yeah. So that was um, right around the middle of 2020, actually. Um, before that, okay. it was it was a huge struggle, and we were, you know, 
every month was like, are we going to make enough to keep going? I mean, literally I was going to quit in November of, uh, or October of 2019. I was on the verge of just dropping the whole thing and quitting. Yeah. Um, until I, until I went to DCBKK, really, that was, that was the turning point where I was like, no, I want to, I want to do this. I want to make this thing happen. Uh, but, but I was, yeah, I was ready because we, we had so many months that were just like, you know, I'm putting my own money into it and, and it's just like, I don't think it's going to work. So. Yeah. And I guess you must've had some, like some savings or investments or something to keep going in, in yeah. those kind of times. Yeah, I did. Cool. I did. Yeah. So I was able to self fund. I, I never thought about, you know, getting, um, investment money, like VC money or anything like that. I, I, I just didn't, it didn't feel like the right fit. There was one point where I, I met somebody that was like um, an accelerator and I thought, I thought, you know, maybe that's what I want to do. Like go to this accelerator and then they, you know, they, they kind of like help you with your business and they help you grow it a little bit and then they take a percentage. And, and I, I ran this by my partner and he's like, no, that's no, let's not do that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 it didn't feel right, but it just seemed like, oh, we could, we could go, you know, so much faster if we had this accelerator. And, um, but yeah, other than that, I never considered getting outside money. Uh, it's interesting. I almost went down that route. We had a we, we had a SaaS. Well, when I started this current business, which was 2011, the first incarnation, we, we made like a, a learning management system for schools integrated with Google. It's kind of basic, but it wasn't one at the time. I mean, now Google has one called Google Classroom. So, but we, it wasn't at the time. So we uh, applied for this accelerator called Imagine K12, which is actually part of Y Combinator now, but at the mm-hmm. time it was like an ed tech offshoot. And we almost got in. We had all these interviews and we went out to San Francisco and met all the guys. And then what happened was there, there was an existing company, probably won't mention the name, so I still know the guys, but they, they lobbied because they were doing something kind of similar and they'd lobbied against us getting in. And they told us afterwards that was why we didn't get in. So I was so close to doing that. And I often wondered what would have happened if I'd done. I think it would have been a good experience. I think it was three months or six months. I can't remember. You'd, live, you'd move out to San Francisco and you only yeah. go there once a week, really. So it's kind of, you don't really need to be there. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure nowadays it's just online. Right. But, um, I, I, but my business, like, it's interesting the partnering. I have a business partner now, but we've been working together for eight years. He, he was one of the first, he came to one of my first ever events in Bangkok. And then he's, he was a teacher. And he actually only left his teaching job um, two months ago. And he was gradually working more and more and more. But, it, but he had really light, he was a maths teacher, but had really light workload. So, like, and I know him so well. Uh, we become friends. And, and, he, and he was basically, he was on such a, Nothing's really changed because he was on a really good profit share deal, but I'm just, you know, his fix is now higher. But that has worked out for me in the partnership in terms of someone that I've worked together with for a long time and it's gradually been increased. But I'm terrified of having a partner, you know, someone I didn't know very well or something because it can go wrong. You see it go wrong all the time. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 a, it's a tough thing. I, I'm amazed that I'm still, <laughs> that we're still going and it's still working well. And, um, yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot that goes to that. It goes with that too. I think you have to have a good sense of humor, you know, and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and take things a little bit more lightly. Like, I think that's the good thing about my partner is like, I think he's, he's got that kind of Brazilian, you know, spirit where it's like, it's, it's, I think things are like, he's optimistic, you know, and it's not, yeah. you know, there's not this heaviness to our, our partnership, you know, it's just, it's kind of like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do our best and that's it. There's no, uh, you know, no getting angry or anything like that. Definitely. Now, what does your like day and week look like? I'm curious. That's why I always love to hear what people do. I mean, do you, how many hours do you work? What sort of tasks do you do? You know, do you work in the mornings? Like what's, what's a typical day and a typical week in, in a life look like of, of running like, like a business like this? Yeah. Um, so I, I do a lot of things where I'm moving around a lot. I'm, I'm, I think I work much differently than most um, like solo entrepreneurs that, Cause I don't, yeah. I, I don't have a, an office here. I, I work, I have a home, you know, kind of a home office 
And um, I don't have a team here. There's, there's nobody in the US um, on my team. Um, we've got about seven people, I think now, and they're all spread out all over the place. And yeah. so um, I, I can only work, can only sit still for so long. Um, I don't enjoy sitting. Yeah, yeah, I don't enjoy sitting behind a computer. I, I just, it just, it's not me. But at the same time, I have kind of have to do that when I'm running a business like this. So, um, so I do things like so. I, I'll start out like in the morning. Um, you know, I have a whole morning routine, and then I get going on on work. And I'll usually work for a couple of hours, and then and then have some breakfast. And then um, a lot of times, if I don't have any calls, I try not to schedule too many calls in the afternoon. Then I'll go out and work at a at a coffee shop. And uh, I really enjoy, uh, there's a lot of them around here in Austin. And I really enjoy th when there's other people around me doing things, <laughs> you know, like there's yeah, some yeah. sort of energy there that it, I, I don't know why I, I, I don't need it to be quiet. I, I'm fine with a little music playing and with people talking and all that. I, I actually enjoy that. And so I'll usually do that for, you know, maybe a couple hours there. And then I go, go hit the gym and, you know, and it's like, that's kind of my day and I don't do a lot of work at night. So it's mostly yeah. like trying to schedule the calls, you know, early in the day and then doing the other types of work in the afternoon. And then, you know, my evenings are pretty free. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I hate working in the evening. Even, even like this is, it's now 530. This is like, I'm like, you know, I, I wanted to chat to you. And it's, it's, when, if, when you talk to people in the U S you've got to compromise, but even this is like, ah, oh. yeah. like I, I'm so much fresh in the morning. I like to go off and do, do some sport or something in the afternoon, you know, it depends where I am. But if I'm, you know, I spend a lot of the year in Austria, so I like I spend a lot of time snowboarding or whatever. I am, um, I just, I just, and evenings, I, I hate working in the evenings, you know. I, but I've, I've got a wife and children now, you know, I've got young kids. So when I was single, I used to work in the evening, but I still think I didn't enjoy it. You know, I just get into it because, I, you know, I'm at home, there's things to deal with. But I, I like just to chill in the evening, you know, get into a, get into a relaxed state of mind. And I, you know, well, that's I, what I made, like that's what made Thailand so hard for me when I was there and I was living there. I was trying to run this business and it was the same, like my calls were 10, 11 PM. And I'm like, this is not what I want. That's the, that's the worst thing. People who live in Asia who have American customers, it's just night work. And I, I, I have, that's what I don't like. Cause my business is I've got American and now the American part is really growing, which is I, like, I am happy with it, but I'm, I'm unhappy with it. Cause I don't like the time zones, the Asian yeah. business. I've also got Asian, but like for me, working with Asia is amazing. Cause it's like, so I'm in the Middle East now, but normally I'm in Europe. So Asia's like five to six hours ahead, right. which is great. So I wake up early. Quite often I'm, I'm up like five or six and it's great. I can just bang out a couple of hours. It's they're ahead, you know, and then they go home early. So they don't bother me after a certain time, which yeah. is perfect. You know, America, on the other hand, you know, they don't get up until like four in the afternoon and then they start sending me emails in the evening. Yeah. So I don't like it. I, I just say to the guys in America, look, I'm not going to do calls in the evening. I mean, I have to do it occasionally, but really occasionally like I, I i just i just i don't know about you but i've got i've got a pathological hatred of meetings i do anything not to have <laughs> yeah, meetings you know yeah, like yeah. if i even have one meeting on my calendar i'm like oh shit right yeah there's this phenomenon that happens with with having meetings where let's say like if i have a meeting at 10 a.m and then another one like 11 30 a.m i the the time in between those two meetings is for me is so difficult because i don't want to start anything new because I'm like, oh, I got that yeah, yeah. up, and I got to be prepared, and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very similar with that. I, I don't, I don't want to have a calendar full of meetings. It's, it's never. You, you know, my, my new philosophy now is I'm just when I send people my calendar link, I, I only put uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on. I, I never put Thursday, Friday. I just try yeah. not. To, and and I was, I was doing just Monday, Tuesday, but that was a bit too hard. But now, like, I, I, if I can, ha if I can handle it, I won't schedule any meetings 
Thursday, Friday. And if I can yeah. help it, and I want children any meetings Wednesday, you know, that's yeah. like, that's cool. Cause at the beginning of the week, I, I get, get it all out. You know, sometimes you want to do a deal or, you know, I work at Google, you, you, you kind of got to do what they want, you know? Right. But, um, you know, I, I just, I, I try to, cause that's what I like the freedom of my own business is not having to do meetings. My, you know, my first job was an investment bike and it was just meetings all day, you know, and yeah. you were expected to like do technical stuff in between it, you know, probably yeah. like your job in the cubicle, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah that's that. that yeah, I, I do this. I do a sim, similar thing. I do Mondays, no meetings ever on Mondays. So it's oh, like really? I, I made a rule about well, like maybe I think it was about two well, a year and a half ago. I, I heard somebody say this that they never do meetings on Mondays, and I'm like, that sounds perfect. So I started blocking off all my Mondays and just yeah, Mondays are just catching up on things and um, you know like just trying to stay off of like phone calls and things like that. Maybe that's a good idea because Mondays for me, I, I do all the crap I don't want to do like financial stuff, like you know, that, I just get it all out of the way, but. Maybe it's good to thinking Monday is like time to do all you know the things I want to do and the opportunities and then get this, that stuff done later. I don't yeah. know. I like I like to have the end of the week quiet. You know, I kind of get a bit I get a bit more tired by the end of the week and I like yeah. to chill a bit more Thursday Friday. You know, right? I mean, here I've been ta- I've been doing three day weekends. You know, because the Middle Eastern weekends Friday Saturday. I'm not sure if you know that's the weekend. Oh really? Part of the world. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, yeah I, I didn't know until I came here. So so nothing. You know, every, everyone's you know the kids are at preschool here. They're at you know some hang out but then i'm doing this sunday because everyone i work with isn't working on sunday so i'm doing this i have like a three-day weekend every weekend and it's fantastic like yeah I, I can't, it's even though i don't i work with myself i can choose whatever schedule i want you, you tend to fall into a nine-to-five at least i do because customers right. are on nine-to-five friends around you are on nine-to-five you just yeah. not nine-to-five but sorry monday to friday is what i mean to say but um now we're just I, i'm pretty clear i don't do anything friday saturday sunday and like yeah. it's great you know i play golf on, on friday morning do family stuff afterwards go on paddleboard it's yeah, great you know nice cool well look i've got to shoot off and i'm sure you have it's like great we got to talk it's yeah new. i know sure. we, we, back, we had a lot of backwards and forwards but uh cool to chat man and uh where should people find you online like what's where's the best place to uh so, uh, so my podcast is freedom loving and it's freedomloving.com. There's no G at the end. It's no G. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then my, my WordPress site is uh, useworkhero.com. Nice. All right. Cheers, Kevin. Cool. Thanks, Dan. Cheers.